Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind. You're proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pratt, a TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 45 of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Grizzly season has come to an end, losing in game six against the Golden State Warriors. Warriors now move on to face, rather surprisingly, the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals. Mavericks with a surprisingly easy win in Phoenix over the Phoenix Suns. Suns' best record in the NBA, but they have been eliminated in seven games. So the Conference Finals are now set. Milwaukee eliminated by Boston on Sunday afternoon, so it'll be Boston and Miami. Dallas and the Golden State Warriors, the Final Four in the NBA. Grizzlies uh, have held their exit interviews. They have done their end-of-season media obligations. Uh, They did that on Sunday. I was there. Got some audio that I will share with you uh, this episode and further on down the line. Today, we'll hear from General Manager Zach Kleiman, get his thoughts on the Grizzlies' free agents, signing John Morant because he is eligible now, coming off his rookie deal, and the future of the Memphis Grizzlies, which uh, is very, very bright. But uh, sometimes success in the NBA is not linear, as uh, the Phoenix Suns found out last night. So we've got that on the way for you today. But first, we tell you that our show is being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. You know that they're a great character-building club. They also help your young fellow with uh, basketball skills and life skills as well. They've got some big events coming up. Of course, you got the Jack Jones Summer League uh, that is the premier Memphis Youth Basketball League. It's for first and eighth grade boys. Registrations are being taken right now. Also, if you don't have a team, but you have an individual who wants to participate, they're doing individual placements. That will take place in early June. All the details can be found at HoopCityBC.com. That's Hoop City Basketball Club. As they say, It's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. That's HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. So check all that out. So the Grizzlies facing a Golden State Warriors team that they made a big change for them. They went with Kevon Looney in the starting lineup. Kevon Looney responded with probably the best game of his career, particularly on the glass. 22 rebounds, 11 on the offensive end, 11 on the defensive end. And he was a big difference in this basketball game. Grizzlies had a lead, a little under seven minutes remaining in this one. Golden State, uh, they handle everything down the stretch. Over the last five minutes and 42 seconds of the fourth quarter, a 23-7 run. Had a season-high 70 rebounds in this game. And the Grizzlies had kept Steph Curry relatively quiet until the fourth quarter where he came alive, hit three of his six threes in the fourth quarter. He finishes with 29. Clay Thompson, uh, much was made of. Game six, Clay. Uh, he, he shows out well in six, game, six games for whatever reason of playoff series, and he certainly did in this one. Eight of 14 from three, finished with 30 points. Dylan Brooks also had 30 points for the Grizzlies. He made seven threes. He showed out there were moments that He would take shots that those of us who were watching were saying, no, Dylan, not that shot, not that shot, and then he would knock it in. Uh, Desmond Bain really playing maybe not at 100% physically, but doing better than we saw earlier in the series, finished with 25 points. Um, This game was marked by the fact that two two complementary players for the Grizzlies did not hit the numbers normally that they would. Tyus Jones, obviously Grizzlies have been fantastic. 
this season with him as a starter. Uh, Tyus really struggled offensively in this game, just 2 of 12 from the floor, 1 of 3 from 3. Came close to a triple-double. I mean, he had 9 boards, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 7 points, but did not shoot what you would expect from him. Brandon Clark, who had a magnificent series against the Minnesota Timberwolves, really struggled in Game 6. This was really the story for the Grizzlies most of the night. The shots that normally they would make, a Tyus Jones floater, a Brandon Clark uh, pop-up shot, normally they make these. Brandon Clark was 2 of 10, unfortunately, for the Grizzlies and finished with just 8 points. Uh, Grizzlies didn't get anything from Kyle Anderson, who only played 10 minutes, 2 points from Zaire Williams. Grizzlies only 18 bench points in this game. Uh, And Jaron Jackson Jr., After a great three-point shooting game in Game 5, only one of seven from distance finished with 12 points in this game. Grizzlies shot 35%. They did a great job defensively. You hold Golden State to 39% shooting, you've you've done a good job. But the Grizzlies, the issue was they did not defend their – or did not capture their defensive glass. They gave up 25 25 offensive rebounds for 21 second-chance points. And it really – negated the advantage that the Grizzlies had in turnovers. They were minus 12. They have 12 fewer turnovers and 11 more points off of turnovers, but then they were minus nine in second chance points. And much of the time, Brevin Knight was talking about how this was a possession game. The team that had more possessions, the team that had more shots on goal was going to win the game and the series. Well, this was a game where because of all the offensive rebounds, Despite 19 turnovers from Golden State, this was a game where Golden State had the shot advantage. They took eight more shots on goal and made seven more, and they were also plus five and threes. So, you know, you look at the box score, eventually it all balances out, and it ends up being a Golden State victory, the final 110-96. to So the Grizzlies' season is over. They are eliminated in six games. So now what do we look at? for the Final Four in the NBA. You've got Boston and Miami, which I think is it's not going to be a glamorous series. I, I think that Golden State now becomes the, the national darling because they you know, have home court advantage uh, over the Dallas Mavericks. Klay uh, Thompson back to his postseason form, at least from what we saw in Game 6. And this is a a, a renaissance story for them after being knocked out of the playoffs last year in the play-in tournament. uh, Now they have an opportunity to reclaim uh, their throne, reclaim their dynasty, whatever you want to say. Boston and Miami, I I think that's going to be a very intriguing series because Boston, so good defensively, throttled Milwaukee in Game 7 in Boston So I think that's going to be a a very intriguing series to watch. You have a rookie head coach in Ime Udoka who was fantastic for that Boston club this year against a guy who's going to end up in the Hall of Fame in Eric Spolstra coaching the Miami Heat. Miami Heat, you know, they have a guy like P.J. Tucker who has championship experience. You also have some championship experience with Kyle Lowry. Now, is Lowry going to be able to play? That's also going to be a factor in this series as far as the western series the issue for golden state and this is where golden state is vulnerable golden state does not have a defensive presence that can deal with Luka Doncic it's certainly not Steph Curry do they put Draymond Green on him how does how does this all match up 
and credit to another guy, his first year, not as a head coach in the NBA, but his first year with a team, and that's Jason Kidd. And what he was able to do with his Dallas team and to just play really well against the Phoenix Suns team that everybody had basically, they hadn't seeded them the title, but look, they had the best record in the NBA. They have the coach in the year in Monty Williams. And so the thought process was they have to be the favorite. And Phoenix had an opportunity against the Milwaukee Bucks last year and couldn't close out the NBA Finals. We're finding out now that Chris Paul had a quad injury. He was not at 100%. I thought it was very intriguing that Pat Beverly was on an ESPN show saying, look, they just should have pulled Chris Paul off the floor. He can't guard anybody, and he wasn't playing well offensively. Phoenix probably should have done something else there. That's, that's true uh, based on what we're hearing, that CP3 was not at 100%, which seems to be a recurrent theme for him. Injuries late in a season, late in a postseason, resulting in his team being eliminated. It raises the specter, too, of, of CP3 going into that unwanted category of greatest players to Never have won a ring. Now, Phoenix is going to come back. They're going to be loaded. They're going to be contenders again next year. He'll have another opportunity. So we'll see how that plays out. But does Golden State have anybody to deal with Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic is such a one-of-a-kind player with his strength, his ability to get where he wants to go on the floor when he wants to get there, the ability to manipulate the game with pick and rolls, the ability to hit floaters, the ability to hit step backs, the ability to make shots in the big moment. Don't rule Dallas out of this series. I know Golden State has home court advantage. And Golden State statistically is a pretty decent defensive team. But Luka Doncic right now is at the peak of his powers, or so it would seem. And... Um, so for that reason, I think that that series, I think it's a long series. I think both of these are long series, and it's great for the league. I know that there's no LeBron James. I know the Lakers. I know that you know that, that marquee market of, of Los Angeles is not represented in the conference finals, but I think that this is great for the NBA because there is no foregone conclusion uh, who's going to win the championship. Both teams from the finals were eliminated, not in the conference finals, but in the conference semifinals. So there should be a lot of interest in these conference finals and NBA finals because we are going to have a different champion. Certainly not one that was expected, except maybe Boston, because I think a lot of people started riding Boston late in the season because of how well they played late in the season, particularly on the defensive end. Uh, and of course, people that were Golden State bandwagon fans, they're going to hop back on the bandwagon because you know Golden State... Very tough series with the Grizzlies. And I think the Grizzlies probably pointed out some, some deficiencies or some weaknesses for Golden State. And can Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic and that Dallas team, can they take advantage of maybe what they saw in the tape of the Grizzlies against the Golden State Warriors? Uh, as far as the season is concerned, it was a great season. And I think that you can easily make the argument that it is the best season in Grizzlies history I know you're going to go back and talk about the team that went to the conference finals got swept out by San Antonio that's certainly in the conversation this is a basketball team that had the most improved player of the year in John Morant 
all-star in John Morant, superstar in John Morant, putting up numbers and breaking franchise records like we have never seen before. Um, And speaking of franchise records, okay, so Jaron breaks the single-season record for blocks. Desmond Bain breaks the single-season record for threes made in a season. Steven Adams breaks the single-season record for offensive rebounds in a season. Uh, John Morant, technically, he did not play enough games to qualify. If he had played one more game, he would have qualified. You have to play 70% of a team's games. He fell just short of that benchmark. He would have had the highest scoring average in franchise history. As it was, he set and reset on consecutive games the franchise record for points in a game. Of course, the 52 against San Antonio, just, just a remarkable, remarkable performance. Grizzlies get their first ever division championship, the highest scoring second chance team in league history, at least since they've been keeping that stat officially since the 96-97 season. Also since the 96-97 season, youngest team to make the second round of the NBA playoffs. When you think about it, this is a team that, and let's not forget, in the series against Golden State, they did not have their preferred starting five for any of those games. Okay? Game one, you don't have Steven Adams. Game two, you don't have Dylan Brooks. And then you don't have John Morant later in the series. Grizzlies never started in this series their starting five. Morant, Bain, Brooks, Jackson, Adams did not start them in this series. And so that's one of the things you wonder, well, if Grizzlies had been totally healthy and if Dylan hadn't been suspended for game uh, game three, would this have been a different series? All, have, all that having been said, the fact that they took Golden State to six games and in game six had a lead in the fourth quarter you have to say this is it was a pretty exceptional season for the Memphis Grizzlies. And so now the question turns to Zach Kleiman, the general manager, who, oh, by the way, was the NBA executive of the year. How do you keep this group together? This has been a team that has continued to improve every year when you look at in the bubble they, they had the eighth seed. They, they lose the eighth seed. They fall down to nine. They lose to Portland in the play-in game, so they don't make the postseason. The next year, i.e. last year, they are in the play-in again, and they have to win two games to get in. And they win two games, the second of which is on the road at Golden State. And then they go into the playoff series, and they win game one at Utah, and then after that, Utah flexes its muscle, and, and they win in five. Now, this year, you are not in the play-in tournament, which is a huge step. Not only that, you have the second-best record in the NBA, and you win a series. It did take you six games because Minnesota is a very difficult matchup for the Grizzlies, but you close it out, and you close it out on the road, which I thought was huge, again with a rally. Uh, And then you take Golden State to six games, and... You may have heard Jared Greenberg earlier on this podcast in a previous episode. He thought, and he thinks, Golden State's going to win the whole thing. And he said that before Phoenix got eliminated. So it just tells you what an amazing season this was for the Memphis Grizzlies. And so now the challenge is, 
How, it's one challenge to get good. The second challenge is always to keep the good and get even better. How are the Grizzlies going to do that? That was the topic of much of the conversation with General Manager Zach Kleiman at the Grizzlies exit interviews on Sunday. We're going to get to the audio from that in a little bit. Well, as I said on Sunday, the Grizzlies having been eliminated from the playoffs, this is, this is what every team does. They bring their players in for their exit meetings with coaches. Uh, they get their offseason plan, what they're supposed to work on, uh, and then all of them end up meeting with the media. Just a parenthetical note here. A lot was made of the fact that Dylan Brooks did not do interviews. Uh, some of the players apparently weren't totally clear on what was going on. And for whatever reason, Dylan snuck out before the media relations staff could get him to the podium. So uh, people are trying to read something into this. And I think it, it might have been D Dylan maybe didn't feel like giving interviews. And so he snuck out. In any event, we did hear from uh, Taylor Jenkins, Zach Kleiman, and, uh, and pretty much everybody else. Uh, we've got some audio from Zach Kleiman I want to get to here. Uh, you know, one of the, he was asked about a number of things. And the first question that went to him was all about the Grizzlies free agency uh, and uh, particularly the future of Tyus Jones with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, so we, we have three free agents. Uh, we have uh, Tyus, we have Kyle, we have Jared Culver. Um, you know, I, th I think a lot to be encouraged about from, from each of them, you know, this season. Not going to go into specific contractual stuff at this point, but, um, you know, for what Tyus did, you know, this season really, um, you know, playing as well as he did both as a backup and as a starter, Tyus has always been kind of like a cultural, you know, foundational, you know, type of piece for our group. Kyle, you know, the, the versatility that he gives us, the playmaking, you know, I think there's a lot of encouraging stuff about both of them. I know Jared Culver wasn't able to show. Um, you know, from an opportunity standpoint as much as he'd like, but the professionalism that he had, you know, throughout this season, staying the course, you know, staying ready, his day-to-day -day work, I think there's a lot to uh, be positive about with him too. As you might expect, there was plenty of conversation about John Morant's knee injury and what it means for him and for the team going forward. Yeah, so John's going to be just fine, but bone bruise is accurate. Non-surgical is accurate. There, there is not like a, you know, a procedure or a scope or anything like that that's involved. You know, it's rest, it's offload, it's recover, it's it's ramp back up, it's have a great off season. You know, there will be a full recovery well ahead of, of next season. Um, John will be in a great place for next year. Um, you know, we're we're at our very best. You know, when when Jaw is is out there and he'll be back, you know, healthy, and we we can't wait for that to hit the ground running. You know, hopefully, you know, full full group, you know, off season out of the gate, and uh, you know, we. we it was a special year this year, but we intend to build on it and hopefully have an even more special year next season. Ja, time and time again, I, I, I think if you play out, you know, the, the end of game one, Ja hits that, you know, way up nine times out of ten. We, we happen to get the, the one out of ten that it went the, you know, the wrong way. Ja has consistently, you know, executed at an, an efficient and incredibly impressive level in those situations. What one of, you know, m many places where Ja provides incredible value, you know, to what we're doing. Of course, John Morant is coming off his rookie deal and is now eligible for an extension. And uh, yeah, clearly the Grizzlies are going to uh, back up the truck and do what they need to do to uh, retain the services of one John Morant. Now, well, uh, I'm of course not allowed to say specifics on that. Well, whatever I'm allowed to say under the NBA rules without violating the CBA, <laughs> I, I hereby say about our uh, what, what our plans uh, would be for John. Uh, he's, of course, a, a cornerstone here. 
Kleiman was also asked about the philosophy of the organization going forward, potentially with trades and free agent signings and how to make the team better. Yeah, so again, the, the goal is and continues to be to, to win the championship here. The, uh, you know, the, the decision making, you know, North Star is going to continue to be what what's going to maximize, you know, our chances of doing so, you know, while building in a sustainable way, you know, and, and I'm excited, you know, to see what, 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 if any, you know, are the opportunities to, you know, try to make us better. We're, we're never going to do something just to do something, you know, we're not going to do anything flashy for the sake of being flashy, but, you know, we're, we're going to look at everything that might be on the table and we're going to try to use common sense at the end of the day to say, what well, what's going to, you know, increase our likelihood of, of, um, you know, getting us to that point that I believe we're going to be able to get to. If we, you know, bought into and, and we're exacting in and, and, and kind of we're disciplined in, in our approach, our process, our, our way of team building. I was, I was hopeful, you know, it, it's great that, you know, here, here we are and there's, I think there's a, a very clear proof of concept, you know, of what we're building. I think there's an internal and external, you know, kind of belief and buy into that there, there's something about, you know, the way that we're operating here, um, you know, but we're uh, thrilled to be at a point now and we're, we're not taking anything for granted, you know, right? Like that, you never know how long a, a window, you know, may be, but we're going to optimize it as much as we can. And, and we're going to do everything we can to, to win a title and, and hope, you know, build on it from there. We've viewed, you know, other off seasons. It's what, where can we be, you know, opportunistic to find, you know, value to, to build out a roster further. You know, the, the cap space numbers get thrown around. That doesn't include like, you know, first round pick, you know, cap holds. Like I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't rule anything out, but I, I wouldn't also assume we're going to do some, some splashy thing, you know, with that at the same time, but we're going to take, you know, what, what we have available to us. We have a lot of draft assets, you know, are there, are there opportunities that we have to, you know, make ourselves, you know, better within what we believe is, is a, a window of contention. Um, I'm excited to see what opportunities there are. I don't know what opportunity, you know, sitting here today, I couldn't tell you, oh, th this is, you know, even what. I believe you know to be available, but we're we're excited to, to work through that process and and you know work and do everything we can to make this team even better. Chris, is it still the organization's one of the perceptions or perhaps misperceptions is the Grizzlies' willingness and ability to pay players either to upgrade the roster or to maintain continuity. Definitely a lot to be said, you know, about core continuity. We're not going to have any issue paying anyone who we want to pay. There's never going to be any issue with retention here. You know, very grateful and, and wouldn't be, you know, in the spot doing any of this without, you know, Robert's vision and support and, and certainly his commitment, you know, on, on that end there. Um, you know, not worried about small market notions or, or any of this or that. You know, we're, we're not going to have any issue whatsoever keeping together whoever we we ultimately decide you know along the way as as we continue to prioritize continuity you know i think in large part with this group as i mentioned a little earlier in the show the grizzlies progression has been very linear going from losing a play-in game to winning two play-in games but losing a playoff series to avoiding the play-in tournament to having home court advantage and winning a series zach Kleiman was also asked about whether success is linear and what happens when it isn't. It's a funny, you know, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I mean, I, I do remember saying that, you know, the, the path is not always linear. And to go from, you know, making a makeshift play-in and, and not making the playoffs to making an actual play-in and making the playoffs but losing in the first round to being an actual playoff team 
winning a series and then losing in the second round, yes, that is oddly linear, uh, to, to, to state the obvious, it, it, indeed. It, it's not going to always be linear, you know, that, and that's not from a, you know, what we might do from a team building standpoint necessarily. The, the results are not always going to be linear. It, it's bizarre in, in a way, but, but great, you know, in that, in that we can kind of see that incremental progress. Um, you know, I, I, I hope we can, you know, the goal, of course, is to continue to build on where we are. I, I would be, uh, I'd be shocked if it is, in fact, directly linear, you know, over the next whatever years. Um, th there's always going to be, at that level, you know, of basketball, certainly in the playoffs, there's a lot of great teams in this league. We're going to put ourselves in the best possible position to, you know, be able to com compete at that level. I'm, I'm confident we'll be able to, but I, I wouldn't expect it necessarily to always be. And, and you know, we just need to be... I, I think because of the experience that we've gained from losing, from getting to and losing, you know, in these situations, how you cope with challenging situations, like when, when something nonlinear happens, you know, I, I'd like to think that we have the foundation in place to navigate whatever, you know, we may need to navigate, but, uh, but I, I would continue to still not expect it to be uh, you know, linear if it turns out to be great. Zach's media availability did last uh, about 15 minutes or so. Other topics were addressed. Obviously, the role of Taylor Jenkins as the head coach uh, for this franchise, uh, his award as executive of the year, the culture with the Grizzlies, et cetera, et cetera. But I think these were, these were some of the more important points uh, as this franchise moves forward. I want to unpack a few things. Uh, number one, later on, Tyus Jones was asked, if he felt he was a starting point guard in the NBA, and he answered yes, which you know threw into some question whether or not he would be back with the Grizzlies. Tyus Jones believes he's a starter, would like to be a starter. Uh, is that a role that he can fulfill with another team? Is another team going to uh, write a check that's going to be big enough and, and promise him a starting role? That remains to be seen. It's obvious from the Grizzlies' perspective they would love to have Tyus Jones back. Secondarily to that, the questions about John Morant's knee injury. And uh, the question was asked, was the right knee bone bruise uh, a follow-up to the other right knee injury that Jaw sustained later in the season? And the answer was no, that they were, they were separate incidents. So uh, regardless, and, and there was no fear or there was no trepidation expressed by Zach Kleiman about the number of knee injuries that John Morant did have this year. Regardless, you'd love to have Tyus Jones as a backup point guard because he was brilliant in that role for the Memphis Grizzlies. The other thing that you hear from Zach Kleiman is, from a financial perspective, the Grizzlies are not going to have trouble retaining players. So if it comes down strictly to dollars and cents, the Grizzlies should have the inside track at retaining Tyus Jones, but the question is, does Tyus believe he is a starting point guard, which he does, and is there a team out there that is willing to make him their starting point guard? Or does he return to a situation with which he is familiar and a situation that will pay him probably more than anybody else? So uh, bottom line, what you get out of this is that Robert Perra is committed to the financial resources, whatever is needed. Uh, but by the same token, the Grizzlies want to be judicious with their spending. Just because you have $20 million of cap room doesn't mean you have to spend $20 million of cap room. The Grizzlies have other assets. They have draft picks, plenty of draft picks, uh, with which they could make moves. So whether or not the Grizzlies retain their free agents obviously remains to be seen. 
John Morant is going to be eligible for an extension, uh, as Zach Kleiman basically said. Uh, whatever we can give him as far as the maximum, whatever we can do, we will do. Uh, and then later on, John Morant was asked, uh, do you want to be in Memphis? And his answer was a very succinct, hell yeah. So uh, when you talk to the players, there is a great desire for this group to remain together. More than one player indicated that this was the most fun year they had playing basketball. They all lauded each other for uh, the great chemistry. Uh, and a lot of that goes to the credit of Taylor Jenkins and the culture that he has created with this team. And then the care factor, which is one of the things that Taylor Jenkins looks for and Zach Kleiman looks for when they bring players into this organization. Uh, that's a wrap for this edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind. You have heard uh, the comments of general manager Zach Kleiman of the Memphis Grizzlies, the Grizzlies postseason media availability, which took place on Sunday after the Grizzlies were eliminated, eliminated in six games by the Golden State Warriors. Our thanks to the Hoop City Basketball Club and DraftKings Sportsbook for their continued support of the Grizz Weekly Grind. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 